once we've focused on prioritization, uh, we can focus a lot more on gaining intelligence around our relationships. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the program, I am joined by Zvi Band. Now, Zvi is the co-founder and CEO of Contactually, which is a leading CRM platform for relationship-oriented businesses, and he's the author of Success is in Your Sphere. He's an engineer, a developer, an entrepreneur, and a startup advisor, and he has been named a Washingtonian tech titan not once, not twice, not three times, but four times we have a great conversation on the program today we talk about like how to bring success to you you know the idea of maintaining relationships and putting things in place so that those relationships can both be forged and then fostered over time lots of things definitely having a lot to do with the elements of productivity maybe not directly but certainly indirectly and it was a really cool conversation so let's just get to it here's my conversation with zvi band here on the productivityist podcast I'd like to welcome Zvi Band to the Productivityist Podcast. Zvi, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for joining me. And honestly, you started off by pronouncing my name in the right way. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We're all after this. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I think one of the things that, and we talked about this a little bit before, is there are people's names who are your, you, they just, they're easy. And then there's some names that you're like, okay, I want to make sure I don't butcher it. Um, you know, and, and, and I've listened to podcasts before talking to people before that they've also been, or I, I go and look for a, a phonetic pronunciation, but I was saying like some people will, I mean, the name productivity is just hard enough to say, so I can totally empathize <laughs> with the fact that it's like people say, okay, how do you pronounce the name? Well, it's productivity. So, oh, this is Mike Vardy from productivityist. Uh, no, <laughs> or Mark Vardy, uh, as we talked about before, but, I, but I'm really excited to have you on because, um, I think being able to connect with people and knowing their name and being able to pronounce the name is one of the things you can do to, to let, that'll help you, uh, lead to success. And your book success is in your sphere is what we're here to talk about today, as well as this strategy that you developed. Um, but before we dig into that, uh, there's going to be people listening right now that are not familiar with you or your work. So can you share a little bit about that with, with the listener here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, obviously incredibly thankful to be here. So yes, uh, I was, uh, uh, recently the author of the book, which came out in February or sorry, May of 2019, um, all about the strategy to build and maintain relationships. And just to kind of frame it, like I actually shouldn't be the person talking about, uh, you know, strategic relationship building. Um, but early on in my career, all these amazing things happened to me because I happened to know the right people and build the right relationships. I went from being working in a government consulting firm to being CTO of a software company, Workstreamer, that was acquired in 2009. Then I started my own consulting firm and was working with the likes of CBS and Ford and Volkswagen, all because I knew the right people. So that's what led me to create the software company Contactually. Uh, we're a relationship marketing platform that works with professionals all around the world in all sorts of different industries to help them build and nurture authentic relationships. And it was those learnings and the, the idea that you need strategy behind it, that's what led us to create Contactually and the, and the book, of course. So 
I, I want to touch base on acronyms. I'm a big acronym guy. You know, when I when I deal with people talking about mode based work, which is one of the elements of time crafting, the five categories spell the word treat, which which to me says if you're working uh, by modality, then it's a treat to work, or you're treating yourself better. You've got an acronym that I want to dig into because we have we have uh, these these episodes are generally you know you want to get through them in less than an hour because people's time is valuable. And I want to talk about this this capital strategy um, because again, and the strategy thing is important. I mean, tactics are wrapped up inside of strategy. And one of the things that that you talk about right out of the gate is uh, what the letter C stands for, which is consistent execution. And I think that that that's that's an element of productivity that I think people, um, I wouldn't say they undervalue, but they lose sight of. Can you touch a bit on the as we go through this, the initial like the kind of the establishing establishing easy for me to say, of consistent educa- execution that will help you, uh, you know, find success in inside of your sphere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I like to say, and I, I honestly hope this for the listeners out here, if you get one thing out of this uh, podcast, um, just one thing, it's blocking time in your calendar, you know, once or twice a week or every day or once a month, whatever you want to do and set aside that that's your time to focus on the relationships that are, are important for your career, not necessarily urgent for the task at hand. Right. That's it. Because again, how useful is going to the gym once and never going again? It's acting and doing it consistent, consistently. Um, when we looked with Contactually, you know, we served hundreds of thousands of businesses but when we looked at the number one reason why people were unsuccessful and churned out, um, it was far and above. It was, oh, yeah, I really liked you, but I just got busy. And that's our problem these days. There are so many things fighting for our interruption. You know, Nir Ayal, who I know you just interviewed, right? He talks being indistractable mm-hmm. and that's what we need to do as well. And that's and that's finding some way to act consistently. So what are some of the things that you do and that you've done? Maybe one thing, because I think people, when they walk out of this episode, other than obviously, you know, your big touchstone that you mentioned, but what's one of the things that you did that kind of, uh, you know, allowed you to consistently execute? What's one of those habits that you put in place? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, of course, yes, blocking time, uh, blocking time works very well. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I think does actually trick us is, again, you know, the secret is as human beings, we're wired for short term gains. Right. And so one of the things that like will cause us to not do things that help us long term is we gain nothing short term. So how can we hack that? And again, going with this uh, your whole idea of the habit loop, um, if we were to reward ourselves Um, Like I know uh, one of the top real estate agents in Ohio, he has this practice where every day he practices the four H's, um, which helps him build relationships. And then afterward, he'll go to the coffee shop and he'll he'll order like the fanciest drink ever, right? This is the the splurge that you would never never otherwise get for yourself. And that, you know, kind of builds that, you know, builds that reinforcement loop in there. So, of course, you're much more likely to do it in the future because, oh, cool, yeah, if I do all this, you know, I get a prize. So think of that short-term gain that you get um, for doing that long-term beneficial strategy. Let's talk about creating a database of everyone you know and new. That's what the A stands for is aggregate. Um, I was reading Your Money or Your Life, and one of the things that immediately kind of forced a hard stop for me 
is I was reading the book. It says you need to calculate every penny you've ever earned. Like every dollar you've earned from any job, like you need to, to, so I'm, you know, I'm 45 years old. I'm like, like immediately I'm like, that's a lot of work. So I look at this and I'm like, everyone I know and knew, I mean, we can, I I think there's ways to find that, but how does someone begin with that? How do, and how do they get past that barrier of, oh man, this is way too hard for me to do. I'm just going to skip this step or not do it at all. Yeah. So, I mean, is it okay if I, we spend maybe 30 seconds talking about the why behind this? Yeah, absolutely. That's actually, right? I think that that's, I mean, again, when we talk about strategy, it's got to be the why first, right? Yeah. So some of your listeners, you know, may be familiar with Dunbar's number, right? Yeah. You know, it's whole idea that you can maintain around 150 um, personal connections at any one point in time. The problem is, is that, you know, we need to maintain many more relationships than that over the course of our career. And it's especially harder and harder these days where it's easier for us to connect with more and more people. So like the number of people that we're connecting with is going up, but we're losing touch with more and more people then. So if I can't remember what I had for breakfast two weeks ago, how am I going to remember the people that I connect with um, and the details about them? And so one of the challenges we face, therefore, is, okay, well, who have I actually been talking to? And the problem is we've got people in our email, um, in our personal email, in LinkedIn, in Facebook, and then I'm connecting people on Twitter. Then I've got this database over here and my, you know, and this Excel spreadsheet over here. And so if we, if we're trying to get blow past Dunbar's number, then we have to help our database understand who we know. And so, yeah, that means like, you know, it's going through and building a practice and leveraging tools that will allow us to aggregate everyone we know. Now, of course, there's some scary things associated with that, but it's really important that you start off with that full database of people. And I think the other thing is to tackle it bit by bit at a time. When people look at, if you're going to do this, I think don't write down, you know, uh, create database of everyone I know. Um, you want to break that down. Because if you, if you if you just look at that task, your buyer's going to go, nope, too big, moving on. Whereas if you say spend 15 or spend 25 minutes if you want to use like the Pomodoro technique, um, adding to the database of everyone I know, that's more manageable and you can actually make progress on it as opposed to skipping it, right? Exactly. And listen, you don't need to get a hundred percent of people in there. Right. But like, think of like the areas that you're normally interacting. Like for me, you know, I've got my, you know, my contactually email, my personal email, my personal projects email. Um, and then I've got LinkedIn and Facebook. If I pull all those in, that's probably 95% of the people that I've been talking to in the past 10 years. Okay, great. Let's pull that in. Um, and then, yes, if I want to, as needed, I can go and manually add contacts as needed. But that, like, you know, a good with a good tool set, I could probably do that in the span of, again, you know, 20, 25 minutes. Right, right. Now, actually, this is a good sidebar question. Um, and it's, it's a point I'm going to make from my own vantage point is you mentioned you have several different email accounts. I do too. Um, mainly because for, for me, one of the reasons is because if I decide that I no longer need to be handling, let's say, the hello uh, email account for productivity or the podcast email. I can just hand the keys over. I don't have to try to, you know, untangle those kind of emails from my, my, you know, my ask Mike at productivity.com email. Um, 
but there's another reason I do that, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Is um, what I want to see if that's your answer. Actually, I want to see if this is your answer. Why do you have separate email accounts for different things? Is there is there a few reasons, and if so, what are those? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. I mean, I uh, I definitely like you know I I have, uh, I have a contactually email address, and of course that's a you know that's you know that's a separate company that I created sure. and venture back and actually was acquired into that in 2019. And so you know, obviously, like it being a corporate account versus something that's solely me, um, that's a clear clear answer. And then of course, yeah, I always want to have my personal email address, and then maybe one for personal projects and. Clearly, every company I've created in the past, I've just for largely is irrelevant these days. Um, so yeah, I think like and nowadays, you know, it, it's so easy and cheap to create different email accounts for different purposes. Uh, why not? Well, and it keeps allows you to focus too, because if you're it, 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 you're and focus your voice, I think too. Like if I'm getting an email from uh, to my hello account, I know that they're reaching out probably for the first time. Whereas if they're reaching me to my 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 per, you know my professional account, like the Ask Mike account, it means that they've gotten that from me at some point. So I know that it changes the tone. I think right. Exactly. But the important thing is that just because these are different people doesn't or different email addresses doesn't mean that the people differ change in importance. Right. And so that's why a database, you know, this is your personal database and th- therefore it should be everyone, you know, you know, anyone could be, you know, a potential referral. Anyone could be a podcast guest. Anyone could give you advice on a particular particular subject. And so that's why we shouldn't try and at least at this point, try and separate between personal, professional or work or goals or career. Um, It's about getting everyone into one place. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, we're going to take a break from our conversation, and I want to talk to you about something that I'm putting on at the end of February with the extra day that we get that will help you forge new relationships and connect with people in a whole new way. If you can get up to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada on Saturday, February 29th, I'd love to see you at the big ready. This is my first big live event that I'm hosting and I'm really excited. I've got some great guests, including guests that have appeared on this podcast, such as Mark and Angel Chernoff, New York Times bestselling authors that are making their first public speaking appearance in Canada. I've got a slew of other guests lined up as well, and a lot of other delights as well, including kind of this, this midnight momentum session that we're putting together. And there's also a VIP package that will allow you to work with me for three hours or so on the next day to kind of take what's left of the months ahead in 2020 and propel them forward like you 
couldn't possibly imagine. You're going to be able to take what you learn on the 29th and then level up the rest of your year with the workshop that you can do with me for the VIP ticket. We're calling it the Big Ready VIP or the Big Big Ticket. I'm really excited to put this thing together. You can learn more about the Big Ready and get your tickets right now. Early bird tickets are on sale until February 3rd. That basically once Groundhog Day is done, they go up in price. And there's a limited number of those tickets as well as a limited number of VIP tickets. So again, thebigready.com will give you all the details. You can pick up your tickets there. I'd love to see you in Vancouver, BC on Saturday, February 29th, the extra day, the bonus day that we get in 2020. So you can join me and some great featured guests for the Big Ready. If you're just getting started following my work, you may not be familiar with time crafting, which is the productivity methodology and philosophy that I teach. Well, there's a real easy way to get on the ground floor and get the basics and the fundamentals of time crafting through my 30 days of time crafting course. It's only $5 and you can pick it up at productivityist.com slash $5. It's 30 days of emails as well as course materials that you'll be able to access for the duration of the life of this program, which means it's not going away. You can have access even after the 30 days. I'm seeing great success stories in this program, and it really, it's five bucks, $5 guaranteed. That's all you're gonna pay for this. So head over to productivityist.com slash $5 and take 30 days of time crafting. You can start anytime. You can kind of gather up the emails and do the 30 days when you want. But for five bucks, you can't go wrong. You're worth $5. Your time, your attention, your intentions, they're worth $5, aren't they? It's less than a cup of coffee in some cases. Well, at least a gourmet cup of coffee. But nonetheless, I think it's really valuable. I'd love for you to check it out. 30 days of time crafting. Go to productivityist.com slash $5 and check it out today. Now let's get back to my conversation with Zvi Band here on the Productivityist podcast. So let's talk about the moment where you do start to kind of uh, look at your network differently. And this is the P, prioritize your network. So what's that step look like? Exactly. So once we have all those contacts in one place, then yes, absolutely. In order to be able to focus on the relationships that we can help, that we believe make a difference in the overall goals that we have, then yes, we want to not just organize our relationships, but prioritize them around the people that are likely to be able to help us. Now, of course, an important backstop against that, though, is to really understand what are our goals. And each of us have different goals out there. You know, for you, know, for you, you might be looking to book absolutely amazing talent or find people to help you promote your book. Um, you know, your book coming out. Um, for me, there's a time was focused on bringing on investors or time where I was focused on bringing on talent. Um, I'm in a stage nowadays where I'm looking for entrepreneurs as I think about my next, like as you know, my next idea and I'm looking and I'm always looking for more customers. Um, some people might be looking for a job. Um, it, it really depends, but the important thing is to try and identify your goals. Though, who are the types of people that can help with those goals and then prioritize your database around those types of goals. And then the next step, which I think is, is, is key because this is going to take some time, I think. Uh, and, and, and this is where, I mean, we talked about like aggregating and this is an area where it will take some time, but you've, you've got some, 
you you've, you can kind of tap into it, I think, a little bit easier. But this investigation step, which is the I, which is kind of to gather you know, intelligence and explore uh, those top people that there's nuance there, right? Like there's going to be some things that are going to take some time and attention that you just can't rush through. Yep, absolutely. You, you, you got it. And um, that's really like, once we focused on prioritization, uh, we can focus a lot more on gaining intelligence around our relationships. So how does that, how does that look for you? So when you're looking to uh, investigate some of the top people that are in your database that you've prioritized. What does that look like for you, you know, in terms of what the people should be looking for that can help them kind of say, okay, oh, this, this is going to give me more clarity around, you know, what, what I will be able to do, you know, to help this person or, you know, just engage and communicate with them down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And so that, that generally breaks into two areas. One is the personal information about them. And then two is the information about their business or you know, their career or what's going on there. Um, in terms of focusing on their overall um, in the overall person, of course, clearly, yes, this is where you can leverage social media. One thing I like to do with social media, is actually, instead of looking at their most recent posts on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook first, I like to go to the furthest one out, the oldest post, um, because usually that's when people are starting to fumble around and start to figure out like how to use it. And I find people are a little more open and honest then versus like the sheen they have these days. Um, there's that. Then, of course, looking at their business, you know, what is you know, what's what is the business going through? What is the recent news? Um, what is the person talking about in the business? That's more important. The one important thing, though, is I don't necessarily think it's always important that we think about the proactive investigation that we're doing, but think about the information that's already coming through our ears that maybe is just falling on the cutting room floor. So one of you know, one of the mo- one of my most important uh, you know tasks that I do is I love to record small talk, right? Um, now small talk is something that you know usually goes in one ear out the other. It's like the social niceties that we feel for do. Um, what if instead we actually made a much bigger point of writing down all that information. You know, we learn pe- we learn about people's kids, their weekend hobbies, what they did, where they're traveling to, where they just traveled from. That's the kind of useful information that you know we can use um, as a way of building a deeper relationship moving forward. Does that make sense? Totally, totally makes sense. Going forward, though, you need to make sure you. In- take care of the T part of the capital strategy, which is timely engagement, like a cadence. And I think this is, this is something that I know I need to do just personally, like internally and say, Hey, you know what, how, how often am I going to do things like revisit my, you know, my daily themes, how often, which, which modes are working best for me? Not only that, but like journaling for me, like I'm kind of communicating back with myself, doing some touchstones to make sure that I'm actually going along on the right course. You got to do this with other people too. And, and, you know, you talk about maintaining a cadence. Um, what does that look like? Like this, this engagement piece, this timely engagement, because I think that's letting people like kind of die on the vine um, is going to be hard. But also I think you need to be careful not to go too hard too fast, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't want to be too aggressive because not only do you 
potentially risk annoying them, but more importantly, you're setting themselves up for failure, right? If you tell yourself, hey, this list of a thousand contacts, I want to engage with every 30 days. Um, do you realize how much work you're creating for yourself um, by doing all that outreach and what happens if those people respond? You know, that's an incredible amount of work. Hence the emphasis on prioritizing those key relationships. Um, from there, yes, you know, timely engagement. We want to ensure that you know no more or, you know, no more time goes by than necessary for us to re-engage. But again, also not so much that we burn ourselves out and burn them out. A good backstop is, hey, if I can't figure out how often I should stay in touch with someone um, and they are important for me in some way, just, you know, set it to like, say, maybe once every 90 days or so. Um, and then, you know, if you're not ready to reach out to them, delay it a little bit. If you have something to say to them, great. Um, but then timely engagement also means, you know, keeping track of their personal information. And if you find or think of a reason to reach out, or if you see them post something, or if you see something in the news that makes you think about them, or you see some, like, you know, some information about the company, some way that you find, hey, I have an in, that's great. So, for example, for you, a clear opportunity for a lot of people to add it, be adding value to you is the moment your book comes out. The moment your book comes out, everyone should be buying the book. They should be tweeting about it. They should be posting a review on Amazon or Barnes Noble um, because that's a particular opportunity beyond just like a regular nine-day cadence for you to reach out. And that's actually something that I've been really it, – it's been something I've been really trying to focus on because – especially with the book because – I want to make sure, and that's one of the reasons why, like, I've got an email, like a book update list and things like that inside of my my email marketing software, is uh, there. Even though this book isn't coming out for you know at least six months from now, uh, you know there there have to be those touchstones. There has to be that cadence of people going, oh yeah, that's right, oh yeah, that's right. And and um, I noticed that we were talking about Indistractable earlier. Near who was on the show? I mean, there was a lot of that coming up, and it intensified as the book came closer and closer to fruition. And we see that a lot with webinars and things like that. But when it comes to like relationships, where you're doing that personal touch, um, give me an example of of you know, uh, like have you have you come across an example where someone pushed too hard, too fast, or they didn't, or, or maybe or maybe the other way is that they waited too long, and then all of a sudden engaged, and it was too late. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so addressing the adjusting the former first absolutely i mean i think like we've all seen the people who like want to have like a half hour touch base call every few months and you know you can kind of look at it with some dread saying oh my god this person i don't have the heart to know to them but this person just wants to just randomly catch up no real like nothing really no real purpose and all of a sudden i've lost 30 minutes of my day right you know i see that happening all the time versus like hey let's keep let's catch up once every six months i love to and this relates to the next uh, to the a to the second a and capital strategy adding value um this person has something of value they really want to share and they really care about me they want to understand what's going on in my business and how they can help um that's a very different experience than someone who just wants to have like you know uh, a 30 minute catch up coffee, which ends up being an hour or so. And, you know, clearly there's no energy being engaged. Well, that I mean, makes sense? yeah, it totally does. And, and, you know, there's those watchwords like, I want to pick your brain. I want to do things like that. You got now again to, before we go to the adding value part, which I, I definitely want to get to, I guess it depends on the person too. Like I get a lot of people that say, uh, I'd like to pick your brain. 
do you have, and, and I've seen this happen with some people. Derek Sivers is a great example. He answers every single email he gets. Like he does, he replies to all of them. But he also says that he won't promote things. Like he just won't. Uh, doesn't matter who it is, he won't. So is there an importance to having boundaries around that kind of stuff? When it, and we might as well, it, it, digging into the adding value part, but is there a por- how important is it for you to have boundaries around that? So that way you could say, you know what, I'd love to, you know, you know, you want to pick my brain. I don't really do that with anybody. Um, but let's do this instead. Or like, how does that work? Because I think you have to have almost some, some boundaries and some, maybe I wouldn't say some rules, but some values around that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this goes back to this just kind of belief of like doing the right thing. And I think you should be doing the right thing that you feel is appropriate. And so I, I've learned, for example, I have absolutely no problem, um, letting, you know, letting people know saying, Hey, honestly, I, I can't, I I can't meet up with you. I'm, I'm really heads down. I'm focused on things. Um, otherwise, like I'm doing a disservice to the people I feel I really can help and I want to work with over a long period of time because I'm getting distracted with you know other people that like I otherwise wouldn't have the heart to say no to. Um, you know, at the same time, I'm also very hesitant um, of, of course, you know, I'm connected to certain people in my network. Um, I'm very hesitant on just you know making any introduction to them because again, how am I helping that relationship if I'm just letting anyone in through the gate? Um, instead, I want to say, hey, listen, I want to make sure this is the right introduction to make. Um, could we meet and talk about this? And I have no problem saying, hey, listen, honestly, I, you know, I don't feel this is the right introduction to make right now. Um, X, Y, you know, here's reason X, Y, Z, and here's what I recommend you do before. I would feel comfortable doing that. And you'd be surprised the number of people who say like, okay, cool. Well, you know, I'll come back to you in six months. And they actually do because they've made those changes. Their business has advanced. They've thought into product idea and then finally they're ready for that introduction so i would be doing them a disservice if i did something i wasn't comfortable with either yeah and i think that that's something that people need to take time to do a lot of this stuff involves around really i mean as much as it sounds weird slowing down like you know what i mean like just getting deliberate and perspective and that you can't just you know you can't just ad hoc do this yes tools will definitely help you You talked about that and i think it's great to have those but you know what do they say garbage in garbage out right so i mean i think having that time to be deliberate about it is really really important exactly so let's talk about adding value so now you've, you've 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 been following up um we could use me as an example if you want like the idea of the book and stuff like that but uh you know there's, there's got to be some value added. And I know one of the things that I started to do, and I struggled with emailing people for a while, especially I, I like to try to keep my, you know, my, the people that I'm on my email list. And we'll use that as an example. It may not be the best example, but it took me a while to feel comfortable with emailing them regularly because I didn't know what I was offering them. And, and it was suggest like, just add value, give them some stuff that they're going to be able to take away and use. Um, when it comes to doing this with your personal, you know, with your personal database, how, how does that look and how is there a cadence to that? Like where, because people can often, how much is too much maybe? Like, is there, is there a rule there or are there rules? I mean, again, let's, let's take a look at this adding value piece because then, then, then we can get into the last piece as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the best way to frame the answer is uh, in uh, one of my favorite quotes by Maya Angelou. Um, and feel free to shut me down if you know this, but uh, people will forget uh, what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Right. And that's the important thing, right? And when it comes to value, what we're really talking about here 
is we want to make sure people feel that we value them and they value the relationship with us. Um, so what can I do in order to do that? Um, and if we if we root it in that, then it's hard for us to go wrong. Uh, the simple things that I say, uh, again, knowing that most people won't, most people are afraid to reach out, most people won't actually do the work. But if you do something as simple as just, you know, Opening up a opening up your cell phone, finding the contact you want to reach out to, and just sending them the message, "Hey John, just thinking of you. Hope all is well." That is a valuable experience because think about how you feel when someone says something like that. Right. Again, they're not asking for a catch up. They're not asking you to send a reply. They're not making you think. They're just making you feel good and loved and wanted, which is at root all we as human beings really want. Um, now, of course, you can invest a lot more. You can, you know, you can take them out for lunch. You can make introductions. You can solve business problems. You can write Amazon reviews. As long as it goes back to the to asking yourself that question, saying, "Hey, how does how do I want that person to feel, and how much effort am I willing to invest into this right now?" Let's talk about the last piece, which is leverage. And I mean, I've found this with clients. I found this with, with, um, with people that are friends of mine that I've wanted to keep in touch with. Um, sometimes it's hard. You've got a lot of people you want to keep in touch with. You've got, you've got so many, especially when you put that database together, there's all these relationships that you're trying to quote manage. And I don't think that's the best word to use, but I'm going to say it anyway. You're trying to figure out like how to, you've got several cadences depending on it. How, what are some of the things, and I know contactually is definitely one of those ways um, to leverage and make it easier for you to execute those key tasks so that you don't feel like you're being strained. But what are some of the other ways that people can, you know, and, and how, what are some of the ways that people can say, okay, you know what, I need to, I want to keep doing this, but it, it, it's just, it's, I don't want to make it a grind. How can I, how can I make it easier for me? Yeah, and you you hit the nail on the head there, right? Like, if what we're trying to do is we're trying to be more consistent, then the reason why we ended with L is kind of leverage connects back to consistency, right? Because the easier it is to do, the more likely we are to do it in the future, right? Um, and so, yeah, listen, there are many different strategies out there. Of course, having the right tools or investing in sharper tools will, of course, be able to help with that. But hey, you know what? If there are Emails that I like to send so off, like send often. Um, can I have email templates stored in Gmail for that? Right. Um, if I like to send out, you know, send out books to people as gifts, can I literally have next to my desk, you know, a stack of pre-addressed envelopes, a stack of books, and a stack of empty note cards? So the moment I think of someone, I can re I can write out a note card, write down the address, and pop it in the mail. You know, can I do things like that? Um, you know, if you want to get more advanced, um, having a virtual assistant, right? So I have my virtual assistant make introductions for me. So all I need to do is drop into a spreadsheet sheet I have running, saying, "Hey, introduce this person and this person. Here's a little bit about each one. She'll do the out. She'll do like kind of you know the mundane thing of emailing this person, emailing that person, asking for permission, waiting for permission, following up, and then making the introduction." But I did a incredibly valuable thing that used to take me, you know, say 10 minutes over a week. 
into 30 seconds in a spreadsheet, right? Um, and that's the kind of thing that having a virtual assistant can help with. So it's thinking about what am I doing repeatedly and what can I, again, standard productivity rules, like what can I outsource, what can I delegate, what can I systematize in some way? Yeah, and that's, I mean, one of the things that I realized I did right away, and, and this is this is something that you can do, you know, if you don't want to have a virtual assistant, let's say you want to keep, and that's one of the things I've tried to do is, again, those separate email addresses kind of give me this, this, this idea of, okay, this is a kind of email that I don't necessarily need to respond to, but someone else does. But not only that, like you talked about canned responses, text expander is something I've used for that, right? For years, the idea of being able to say, okay, oh, this is a type of email I get often or I send often, let me make sure like that I need to respond to or whatever. Let me create some kind of boilerplate. And then the great thing about that is that you can have like your personalized response inside of it. And, and I was just talking to, um, to someone about this moments before we got on the call was get get out of your head the bias that if you're oh, using those tools doesn't personalize it as much or whatever. I mean, it's not like, um, you know, when you used to go buy, I remember you used to go buy holiday cards and it'd be like a pack of 20 random cards, but they were really four of the same card in five repetitive fashions. So you'd have to think, okay, I've got these five different, four, four copies of this five five cards who do i send these to to make sure that they don't cross paths so they don't see the same card right like it's not like that with email no one's going to really say oh my god did you see that email that mike sent it's the same email that he sent they're not gonna get that out of your head that, and i think that's a bias that shows up right exactly or like the or the small or like the, the minute number percentage of people you know that may flag you on that hey you know what so what right is it better that you email 99 people or email 100 people and one person you know maybe gets annoyed or ticked off or versus you know not you know being too afraid and not reaching out to 100 people and missing out on 99 opportunities to build a quality relationship with right that's why you know one of my favorite quotes uh, it's by a vc bryce roberts is most people won't right yeah and if you think about hey how can i be if most people won't, how can I be the one person that actually does? Well, you know, and, and I'll bring it back to me sending an email out to people on my on my email list. And I said, uh, and I did this literally yesterday, is I said, you know, my monthly theme for the month of October is to do, and this is when we're recording the interview, is is working on my YouTube, is, is time crafting TV, um, which I'll put a link to in the show notes because that would be silly for me not to. And uh, I said, Here's how I didn't shoot any videos this first day of the month, but here's our five things I did to build momentum. And then I actually said in the email, and I thought about this. I was like, how am I going to do this? That's going to make sense. I said, if you, I can help you with this. Just email me what your theme for this month is and the five things you're going to do today to give yourself, yourself momentum. And I sent that email to thousands of people right on my list. Like it was a very, you know, and I would say I was not surprised with the amount of people that did it. It was a few more than I thought would, but not not everybody. Because you're right, most people won't. Most people are like, oh, he's not gonna he's not gonna do it, or he's not gonna find time. The difference is is what you do, right? And I think that that's it's the showing up. It's like the capital that you talk about. The idea of consistent, you know, all those elements allow you to show up and allow you to be for there for those people, so you can build those relationships and, and then and then hopefully help both of you achieve the goals you really want, right? Yep. Exactly. You got it. So the I'm uh, this has been great. There's a lot. If someone wants to start today, uh, just you know, taking the the power of people and and these relationships and leveraging that power, what's the 
what's one small action that they can take today other than picking up your book success is in your sphere leverage the power of relationships to achieve your business goals uh what is one thing they can do starting like right after they get off listening to this episode to help them uh do exactly that yeah absolutely so uh great question so going back to that that you know, one of our one of the first points mike is hey block time in your calendar right realize that you need time to focus on the important relationships and not the urgent relationships. Just block time in your calendar and say, hey, this is my time. I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to respond to text messages. I'm not going to look at push notifications. I'm just going to focus on relationships I think are important for me for the long term. And then I'm very confident you'll fill it with the right thing. The second thing I would say is, hey, open up your phone, literally scroll through your contacts, find five people you haven't reached out to in you know in uh six or a year from now and saying hey just thinking about you hope all is well and you will be surprised by the responses and that alone will say hey i could do more of this v this has been great thank you so much for the time today again the book is success is in your sphere leverage the power of relationships to achieve your business goals where can people pick up the book and where can they keep up with your work Yes, absolutely. By no means. Uh, you're obviously more than welcome to you know, ask me any questions. I'm easy to find. I'm just V-band online. Uh, you can also uh, buy the book, Successes in Your Sphere, uh, anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes Noble, uh, you know, in real life as well. And uh, of course, online at successesinyoursphere.com. Zvi, thanks for joining me today on the Productivities Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And there we go. That's how Everything went down. Lots of great things that we discussed. I had a real great time talking with V. You know, I mean, uh, the whole contactually thing was kind of neat. I don't have a CRM. So to be able to hear how to develop relationships and so on and so forth and then apply them to the abilities that a CRM can offer is is worth its weight in gold. So I hope you got a lot out of this episode. If you want to get some of the resources and links that we discussed, head to productivityist.com slash podcast 279 and you'll be able to gather all of those there. So I had a great time with V and I, I also have a great time listening to this, which is the Productivityist podcast pick of the week and it's routines and ruts. It's a podcast that offers conversations about the daily rhythms and inevitable stumbles in creative life. Now I'm a creative but I also study routines. I talk about the importance of an evening and a morning routine. This podcast, which is also a kind of a offshoot or an offshoot of the uh, website Extraordinary Routines is really, really cool. They're short. It's just started. So I would encourage you to check it out. There's some really cool guests that they've had on the program so far, just to give you a sense of who has been on the program as of this kind of recommendation. Uh, we have people like Amanda Palmer. Uh, you know, she's a great example of somebody who's got you know, some amazing success, speaking of success, being in your sphere, like we just talked about, but also the routines that help her achieve that success. So if you are interested in learning more about routines and then the ruts that we can fall into as well as how also how we can get out of those ruts, I highly encourage you to check out Routines and Ruts. It's my productivity as podcast pick of the week. And there you go. That's it for this episode of the Productivities Podcast. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. That way you don't miss a single episode that comes down the pipeline and you can easily access the 270 plus episodes in the archives. And, and you know, that's there's some value, a lot of great nuggets in there, a lot of great episodes. Uh, if you 
also enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you give it a rating or review in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening to podcasts. It just helps me make the show better. I can see all the feedback and go, hey, you know, this is what I need to work on. And you know what? This, this thing's going great. So again, ratings and reviews are always helpful, but subscribe to the show. That way you don't miss a single episode as they drop. That's it for this week. I'm Mike Barty, the host of the Productivity is Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. I'll see you later.